It's time for Fish Facts TV. Welcome to Fish Casting the Fishing Podcast. I'm your host, Tanner of Fish Facts TV. Hey, Tanner. And hey, everyone. I'm Captain Tim. All right, guys. Uh, I know we missed two weeks in a row, but, you know, I, I think our intermediary fishing trips maybe weren't as good. I, I know mine two weeks ago was not good. So I wanted to try to get some better content this weekend. Uh, I think it can be up for debate if I did or not. Uh, but on that note, I will uh, give it to you, Tim. Any opening shots? Not really. Um, I did get out and did a little fishing this last weekend and the weekend before. Um, we talked about it the other day. I uh, was participating in a local tournament. So that was really nice, um, you know, support the community and meet some other fishermen and get out and about. So um, um, so got out in the fishing community and uh, was able to get out on the water and um, had a really nice day. A little bit tougher than I uh, um, wanted it to be because it was a tournament. But hey, I'll save that for later. Well, all right, Tim. Um, I will let you lead off. It sounds like uh, we, we both got some stories to talk about. Um, we haven't discussed the fish of the week, but with two stories, you know, that should be enough to to fill our segment for this week. So whenever you're ready, we can uh, you can regale us of your tales. Yeah. Um, so I guess later wasn't that much later. So let's hop in. Um yeah, uh, fishing in a local tournament. Um, a couple of my friends uh, were with me, guys that I don't fish that much with. Um, one guy I fish with once in a blue moon, like literally once a year. And then another guy, he's becoming more of a regular. I've known him for years and years and years, um, but he's actually a familiar name. Marshall, you guys may uh, recognize that name from uh, some like turkey hunting stuff and just having him come out with me. But um, really good friend. Um, good fishermen. So um, there we were uh, a couple Saturdays ago um, doing your standard snook trout redfish inshore tournament. Um, and, uh, you know, the day started out kind of weird. Um, we got bait pretty easily, which is always nice. A um, couple throws with the net, a lot of really big baits, really big greenbacks, good sized pinners, um, just you know, nice bait stuff I would love to go offshore with. But in my mind, I was thinking this is going to be kind of tough with bait this big because really only bigger fish will, will be interested in this, especially because there's trout in the, uh, um, in the fishing group. And, uh, you know, obviously you want to catch one of each, the bigger, the better. Um, so anyways, we got bait pretty quick, um, ran over to uh, some spots on a local um, barrier island where I catch really big snook and nice trout generally. And we can't buy a hit over there. We got baits out, um, all different kinds of baits, pinfish and white bait. And we're fishing all these, you know, up close to the beach, a little further out where I've caught plenty of snook, where I've caught plenty of trout. And there's just nothing happening. Um, I end up catching a big lady fish and that was it. So um, right about the time we were getting ready to go and wanted to make, you know, probably like a, an eight mile run back to some of my famous docks that I love to fish. And I'm, I'm always productive at some fog really started setting in. So it had been kind of foggy that morning already, but by this point in time, the fog was getting really, really thick. Um, so unfortunately we had a very, very slow trip back to these, these docks. Um, 
you know, I'm, when I made the call to run way out to those barrier islands, I wasn't anticipating having this fog. I figured I could go back rather quickly, but <clears throat> unfortunately that ate up quite a bit of time, just moving really slow through the fog, just not wanting to endanger anyone else or any of my crew or the boat, just because even with running GPS and being very familiar with the waterways, it can be dangerous um, with other boaters out there and, and very limited visibility. So that took a little time. Um, went to some of my, my favorite spots. Um, my buddy Marshall, he got a hit, wasn't able to connect on it. Um, Paul, I don't, I don't think Paul really did a whole lot there. I think he caught a catfish somehow. But um, I was able to pull in about a 23-inch snook. So nothing huge, but it, it kind of broke the ice for us. And, and by this point in time, I think it's like, 9 30 10 o'clock already so we're just burning time we're just really really burning the clock um i think the tournament went to 1 30 lines out at at 1 30 so um you know it, it started at 6 30 and lines out at 1 30 so there is a, a short time span um so we moved uh went and fished some other docks that i've done really well with in the past i mean with everything snook trout and red um, ended up catching a nice little red fish there about an 18 inch red. Um, that was, that was pretty cool. Um, uh, let's see what else happened. That's just us throwing baits up into really shallow water up next to these long, long docks. So where I'm fishing, there's a mangrove shoreline that's like almost in no water. It's just like maybe six inches, eight inches deep all the way up to the, to the mangrove shorelines. And then there's these docks that are like a hundred feet long just to get out from that shallow water out to kind of a little channel where people can, you know, recreate, get their boats in and out because otherwise the, the flat that that's um, at the beginning of the dock, it's, it's way too shallow. So I'm fishing this spot really for trout. I've caught some monster trout here. I've also caught nice, nice snook here, but I'm kind of going for trout. I have one of the smallest greenbacks out and the rod is just, um, it's sitting in a rod holder. I got a little float on it. And all of a sudden I look up and I'm like, oh, where's my float? Oh, great. Let me, let me put a little tension on this thing. So I reel down to it thinking, you know, maybe it's a trout who knows what it is. And by the time I get some tension on it, this thing starts taking off and it is absolutely just putting me to shame. I'm trying to tighten the drag. I'm trying to palm the drag. And there's the submarine of a fish just streaking through the shallow water. And I couldn't do anything about it. This was a monster snook. Um, easily over 40 inches. I'm not exaggerating. It was a really, really solid fish. And um, unfortunately, I wasn't prepared. And it just beat me down. It got me all the way back to those really shallow mangroves and broke me off. So that was a, um, that was a tough beat because a um, little foreshadowing. The biggest snook caught in the whole tournament was 33 inches. So that one would have been a, uh, a real dandy to bring to the uh, uh, back back in and, and top the leaderboard. But it is what it is. We had to keep fishing. So at this point, I had that small snook and that small redfish um, uh, to our name, to the boat. Uh, so we decided to go drift a flat real quick to try to pick up a trout, just pick something up. Um, my buddy Marshall, he caught about a 16-inch trout. So that got us on the board. I think Paul got another one just slightly smaller. So... At this point, we wanted to focus more on bigger fish and um, did some moving around, uh, went around the corner, did this, did that to no avail, and then ended up right back to where we hooked that snook just a couple docks over. And um, <clears throat> I decided I really wanted to concentrate on redfish. So um, I cut up one of the, the really big um, greenbacks, the sardines. 
Uh, I put it on a jig head and I threw it way up underneath the stock, um, put it in the rod holder and just kind of hung out and did some other stuff. And lo and behold, there goes my rod. It starts to bend. I take this big hook set tanner because I knew it was in the dock and, and I didn't really reel down. I didn't think I had time. I do this big sweeping hook set, like, like someone you'd see in a cartoon. This is how crazy it was. And I went way further back than I anticipated because a fish came at me. And then when I tried to bring the rod tip back towards the fish and reel down, the line got wrapped around the tip of my rod. So now I'm just manhandling it. I can't reel because it's wrapped around the tip. And this monster redfish comes up to the surface and starts thrashing around, rolling, big old copper back, white belly. You can see it. I mean, a stud of a redfish. Um, you know, I'm thinking 30 inches or so. I, I don't know for sure. Everything looks bigger, you know, in the heat of the moment. But um, it ended up breaking me off because I had that tangle on the tip. So at that point, it was, um, you know, really getting down to the wire. I think that was with like 10 minutes left to go. And um, we never were able to, to do anything more. But um, silver lining, uh, a lot of other teams ha had a hard time fishing uh, that day as well. One team did really well. Um, and they're the ones that won the, uh, the cup because I had the, the, the aggregate combined score, snook, trout, and redfish that was the most. But my friend Marshall's 16-inch trout, that won the boat third place trout, if you believe that. So um, I was thinking about you with your big old 20-inchers you, you're regularly catching down there, and uh, I would have really loved to have one of those. But it was a fun day on the water, and um, I look forward to fishing the tournament again. Well, Tim, that sounds like a, a day of heartbreak, you know, I've never really been much of a tournament fisherman. It's obviously, you know, adds a level of excitement, but it does add a level of stress to it, particularly in the circumstances of uh, cases like you, where, you know, you have opportunities at great fish, but due to one weird reason or another, it just doesn't really pan out. So I, I think that's why I, I like fishing it up without fishing tournaments. Um, but it sounds like it was a real heartbreaker of a tournament. Yeah, it was tough. It really was tough. And, and either one of those fish um, would have been the, the biggest in the division. And <clears throat> if I would have gotten both of those in, you know, it would have been, we would have blown it away and won the cup as well. So um, tough stuff. Uh, you know, the tournament, the tournament life, uh, it is kind of annoying just because, you know, there is that added level of stress. And, and as the captain of the boat, I, you know, I always feel that um, pressure. And I, I know you do too when you take friends and family out to, to put people on fish. But when it's tournament day and there's money on the line or reputations on the line, it just, uh, it adds that extra level of uh, um, stress. So uh, sometimes it's nice to just get out and relax and remember why you're doing it in the first place. Yeah, I mean, I think all things considered, you know, based on conditions and, you know, how, how the morning started out, you guys still had a successful day. It's just frustrating when it's not as successful as it could have been. Yep, that's exactly right. Everybody caught fish, so um, <clears throat> my job was done, and uh, it was nice to just get out. So I'm um, happy to, to kind of dust, the, dust a little bit of that rust off. I think it had been almost a year since uh, I fished in that area, so... Um, was nice to just be on the water. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I need to start chasing snook again. I, I think it's been, I guess I caught one in December, so I, I don't think I've caught a snook in 2023 yet. So uh, maybe maybe I need to change that this coming weekend. Yeah, you need to get after that, Tanner. And um, I know you had, before the episode, you mentioned you had some frustrating times. So you want to roll with 
some more frustrating fishing adventures or, or what do you say? Yeah. So the story of, you know, I, I guess I'll tell both my stories and then you can finish with your other story. The story of my last two fishing trips has been the giant floating glob of sargassum weed uh, mm. that was storied to come. You know, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago when the reports were coming initially. I was excited. I thought it was going to be a magnet for mahi. So I'll start out with my second story first. Um, wind was looking nice for this past weekend. Uh, I wanted to get back on that lane spot. You know, it was so hot back in February and January and December. Um, I haven't fished it in a little while because it's been a little bit rough on the front side. I had glassy, glassy seas. I didn't have the boat. I only had a little bit of time. So I just wanted to get out there. I get the kayak out to the beach, got some live shrimp and... Man, oh man, was there a lot of seaweed. Just mm. the entire beach, probably within five feet of the shore, just covered in sargassum. The water from about 10 feet in was just pond water brown. Usually mm. this crystal clear South Beach, just ground up sargassum. Although the silver lining was there were a lot of splashes, like a bait. So I threw the cast net and I caught about six, seven mullet instantly big big snook mullet so i i thought that was interesting um but the, it was there was like pilchard splashes too because usually mullet jump they don't splash but i i wasn't mm -hmm. i threw a couple times was only getting those big mullet i i put in get out there um i'm still seeing a lot of these pilchard looking splashes i throw the net again and, and it's about a i caught about seven five inch thread fins um mm which are decent bait. So uh, I, I decided that instead of going straight to the lane spot, I was going to kind of troll, slow troll these around the bait pots. Um, you know, it was a little bit heavy weed, but I thought maybe I could find a snook or a jack or a shark or a tarpon that's just kind of on these bait pods. But the problem is where the bait was heaviest, also the weed was heaviest. So it was mm. difficult to get your bait down there without just getting it covered uh, in weed. So on my first pass on the beach, I'm probably about two minutes after that, that cast where I caught those thread fins, um, 15 pound test, 30 pound leader, just like speeds only certain fish can hit. Um, you know, I knew that it had to be a jack, a snook, um, or a tarpon. So just ripping, ripping drag. After about a minute and a half, I haven't seen anything. So, hmm. you know, anyone that, that's fished a lot like that, you know, if, if you're fishing those conditions and it's a minute and a half of sustained running where you're hardly getting a turn on it and you you haven't seen anything at the surface, what what do you think, Tim? Thinking Jack, you know, tarpon snook, they would have jumped, so... That's just powerful pulling and no jumping, no uh, aerobatics. I think you might have gotten into a nice jack. Yep. So uh, it continues to tell me, you know, I'm pretty certain that it's a jack. Um, for a second, I'm like, is this a shark? Uh, but I, I finally get it up after about five and a half minutes on this 15-pound test. And it's probably an eight, eight, nine-pound jack creval. You know, a really thick jack creval on light tackle on the beach. 
um, get it right up to the boat. Before I even lift it out of the water, the hook pops out with the perfect release. So mm. it, it, it was a, really just a lot of fun just getting a jack of that size on light tackle, you know, few things pull drag like that. And I had 30 pound leader. We were a good, like, 300 yards from the jetties so i wasn't really concerned that it was going to cut me off so it was just a lot of fun to just hear my drag scream like that um and and get a nice jack to the boat yeah you know people they complain about jacks a lot i love them i think they're a, a ton of fun to catch um especially you know um at first you never know what it's going to be it's just hard pulling and just kind of fast-paced uh, they don't they don't bother me a bit um actually caught a couple this last weekend don't want to going to my next story, but, um, had a good time with those. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that you're able to get that on light tackle in the kayak. I know that felt like a big fish. Absolutely. So uh, with that, I decided to just continue to kind of work the beach. Um, not fish for snapper. Uh, I wanted to work the beach and work the jetties, see if I could find a snook, see if I could find another Jack or a tarpon. And, you know, I probably spent the next hour just Casting pilchards, casting mullets right into these bait pods, and I just could not scare up another fish. Uh, you know, I, I worked all the way almost to the end of the jetties without another bite, you know, trying all sorts of stuff. Um, then I, I dropped a shrimp at the, the tip of the jetties, and I pulled out about a 14-inch mangrove. So it uh, was nice to, to mix it up with, with a little mangrove. and uh, but But again, no pilchards. Uh, or I mean, no snook, no jacks. Um, there were some weed lines. I thought maybe I could get a kingfish, but I just kept getting weeded up on trolling those baits. So, you know, my option was to just stay still and be patient and hope that I stumble across something or or to move around and, you know, um, try something else. So so I go to the, the lane spot. Um, I throw my anchor over and... Um, I forgot to tie it off. Oh. So Ooh. I I I had it on a little spool because it's just a small anchor on the kayak. I had it on a little spool of like a para wire or it's like that, you know, that para paracord, like a, mm -hmm. a pretty narrow. So I figured the spool would float. Sure enough, it did not. Okay. So uh the the anchor was no more. By that point, I started to get a little frustrated. Um, I, I started throwing shrimp right around this bottom where I'd been getting those lanes, and it was nothing but grunts. Um, I, you know, I, I fished it for probably 15, 20 minutes, and I ended up with one about 9, 10-inch lane um, and, and a bunch of grunts. So with that, I, I wanted to go back in towards the bay pods. You know, the, the sun was starting to get a little high. The water was getting a little clearer. The beach was getting a little busier. Um, and I just sat those baits on the bottom for about another 20 minutes uh, with a mullet on the surface and a pilchard on the bottom. Didn't get a nibble. So uh, I called it a day. Um, you know, ultimately it was a little bit frustrating, but I did get two would-be keeper snapper and one uh, beautiful jack. So I really can't complain that much in, in about three hours of fishing. No, it's, um, <clears throat> I understand how frustrating that can be. You know, you just feel so up against it, you know, with those weeds and then, you know, I, the anchor. When you said, oh, I, I threw some shrimp here, I thought you were going to say you threw some, some stuff like out of anger because I know how frustrating and just, Ah, just annoying that can be. But um, no, I, I feel like, you know, you did catch some fish. 
um, with all those weeds. I mean, if you're using live bait around those weeds, they always get into it. It's just like one of those things. So the fact that you were able to, to catch a few fish, um, two of them being keeper snapper, and that, that's a nice mango, a nice inshore mango. So, you know, you got out and you were able to, uh, to have some fun on the kayak. I mean, it doesn't sound too terrible, but, you know, you got to roll with it, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and then quickly, I'll talk about my other trip. I went out with our buddy Jimmy, um, got out on the boat again, and again, the weeds were everywhere. And so when we first got out, we were super excited, you know. Every time we see that many weeds, we see a lot of dolphins. So we were, you know, unfortunately, there was a little bit of a miscommunication with the boat club. Um, so we didn't get on the water until about 8.15, uh, which was frustrating. The pilchards were a little bit small, and I think I probably should have bought some bigger live pilchards. Um, but we got out there. We saw a lot of weed. You know, there were a lot of boats. There were well-formed, thick weed lines. Everybody was trolling them. I didn't bring my trolling gear, which I think I wish I would have. Because when, when there are like well-defined lines like that, trolling is often the best tactic. Um, I didn't mm -hmm. do it. We were running and gunning, looking for thick weed patches and just chumming them up. We finally found one school of dolphin. Um, we caught two that were about 14 inches each. Uh, mm. So not great you know we we were getting those little almaco jacks here and there they weren't super aggressive like they've i've seen them before but we were picking them off you know we probably caught 12 or 15 um we we would keep running around different spots weed was everywhere we did see a sailfish free jumping um oh. through we, we kept a couple of those smaller almaco jacks we tossed one of those at it uh but we couldn't get it to bite um, but it, it was cool to see. Um, so ultimately a lot of running around, a lot of gas spent um, to catch two dolphin and about 12 little almacos. But, you know, at least we were catching fish and, you know, we, we did get some dolphin, but uh, would have been nice to get some that were a little bigger. But again, it is only May. I guess that was only April. So hopefully, you know, if I'm able to get out in May and June, those dolphin will keep growing a little bigger. Yeah, I know it's a tough time of year down there. And, you know, I think that that weed, um, you know, as we talked to in your last story, it's kind of a, um, a blessing, but it kind of can mess things up, too. You know, with with all that weed out there, I mean, do you think that they're just scattered? So the, the running gun technique just really isn't, you know, worthwhile. That's why you saw so many people trolling. Yeah, I, I do think that that's something I'm going to have to take into consideration. You know, maybe I'm going to focus more. I, I think. The, since the water's been less clear, uh, I think I might try to put some more work into yellowtail fishing. I haven't gone yellowtail fishing in a while. So next time, you know, if I can get the boat out, um, I may try to go back for yellowtails. Um, but but I, I'm going to continue to try for the dolphin. I, I got some good uh, trolling lures. Um, so I might do a little bit more trolling. If the weed lines are going to be that well-defined, you know, maybe trolling – Yozuri's trolling plugs um, and trolling trolling skirts might be effective. I just I don't love trolling for mahi. I find it a little bit boring, uh, but it's definitely something that we are going to have to consider. You know, I, I don't know how many good offshore trips I'm going to have in May and June. Um, I don't know if I've officially announced this, but I, I have a baby coming, so it might be a little mitten in the next couple weeks. 
um, you know, I don't know how much my wife would love me to leave her with a, an infant um, to make sure I, I hit the hot mahi bite. But, um, you, you know, I'm hoping to get out on the boat at least one more time before baby arrives. Um, and in that case, I will be prepared to troll um, in case those lines are just thick. Because, uh, again, I think that ultimately it does create more habitat because when there's more weeds, you know, the bottom of the food chain is more robust. There's more small crabs, small shrimp, and then the mm -hmm. fish, they can feed the fish that the dolphin eat on. Um, but I don't know if the population of dolphin has caught up with the amount of weed. So I, I think maybe, you know, dolphin are quick breeders, quick growers. And I think that maybe in September, August timeframe, we might still have a pretty thick crop of them. But right now, you know, I, I don't think we're really there yet. Yeah. Um, it, like I said, it is early. Um, you know, you got, you got time, hopefully, uh, by, by that September date, maybe, uh, your loving wife will give you a pass to go out there and, and try it out. But, um, I know I speak for, you know, the listeners and everything, but you know, family comes first. So I'd get it. I know they understand, um, you know, if you got to take a little hiatus here coming up, that's, uh, completely understandable. Although bad timing, cause it could be a hot mahi bite. Yeah, you know, priorities, <laughs> priorities. Where, where are my priorities? Uh, ne next time you'll remember this. <laughs> All right, Tim. Well, what about you? Tell me about that uh, that second trip that you had. Yeah, so um, this upcoming weekend, I'm fishing a big kingfish tournament that I typically fish in. So I wanted to get out and just do a little bit of pre-fishing, just kind of goofing around. Um, nothing crazy. Some trolling, which, you know, you just mentioned, um, I, I don't really find it to be all that fun. I have some friends that will go out and troll for 10 hours straight. You know, if the bite is hot, it can be intense. But when it's not a hot bite, it just, it's just boring. Um, <clears throat> so I rolled out to about the eight-mile mark at the shipping channel at the mouth of Tampa Bay and just started doing some, some trolling, about five and a half, six knots, um, and uh, picked up. Uh, a, a decent little kingfish, maybe 30 inches long. He went into the cooler, um, you know, kept trolling. And I'm just, I'm just trolling, you know, a deep rod. So like a, a 30, um, a, a bait that runs like 30 feet deep. It's a big uh, Rapala X-Wrap, um, stretch 30. And then a couple Yozuris, one on the surface, like, you know, that, that, that trolls about, I don't know, five feet deep. And then one in like the 15 to 20 range. So I'm not even running my whole spread when I'm seriously fishing. I'll have like six rods out. I'll, I'll run in plugs or skirts or whatever, but I just had three going and, um, got a couple hits and just swinging a miss, um, had some weed issues, but, um, ended up catching two, two of these, um, kingfish. One I thought was a shark. I didn't know what it was, um, hit the surface lure and, um, you know, it's just pulling steady hard. It's not really, doing any mackerel runs, no head shakes, nothing. So I didn't know what the heck it was. I told my wife, I said, it's either a shark or a foul hook mackerel. Well, I snagged it right in the back and, and in the side. It looked like it, uh, it went after the bait and just kind of swung, missed, and got, and got uh, hooked up. But, um, you know, got that to the boat. So I had a couple, couple um, nice, you know, tasty-sized kingfish that, uh, that I brought back. Um, we did that for a couple hours, nothing crazy, uh, maybe trolled, you know, the, the course of, you know, 15 total miles, um, but, but nothing really doing. Saw some other guys out there because other people were pre-fishing the same area. 
one guy had a real one on one guy had a real nice one on you could tell um didn't want to want to get in the mix of things because i knew he had a good fish on so i gave him a wide berth don't know what happened but it looked like a really really solid fish he had um we went to egmont key after that uh just went to the beach hung out uh we didn't have our dog so the normal spot where we go that allows dogs um we didn't go there we went to egmont which does not allow dogs just because we didn't have her and um you know, I, I did get some bait earlier when, uh, when we were running out, I did get a bunch of pinfish and white bait. So I just started blind casting these pinfish down the beach and ended up catching Jack after Jack. Um, nothing big, you know, probably in the, in the 12 to 16 inch range. Um, and I did something a little different. I ended up keeping two of them. Um, I kept them because I knew I was going to be smoking up, uh, the, uh, King, so I wanted to have a little extra meat just because I, you know, if I'm going to smoke fish, I like to smoke a lot of it so I can make fish spread and share with my coworkers and family. So, um, ended up smoking those up and everyone that's tasted them says they're absolutely delicious. So, um, you know, that's a win there. I've, I've done that before, but, um, it, it ended up working out again. And, um, you know, as I'm catching these jacks, I pulled in about a 25 inch snook also. So, Turned out to be a decent day. Um, I did run back to those docks right where I hooked that red and hooked that big snook and didn't get a bite. Only fish here for about 15 minutes, but um, I had to try it. You know, it was the week before and I just, I wanted to see if I could pull something big in, but um, didn't end up happening, but it was a nice day. And um, I think I know I'm not going to be trolling the ship channel this upcoming weekend for monster kingfish because it didn't really work out. Yeah, you know, you got some kings in the boat, and those jacks are a lot of fun. And snook, yeah. you know, it sounds like a success. Now, tell me, how did that jack taste when smoked? Um, you know, it tasted like anything else. You know, like you know, Spanish mackerel and king mackerel—they're not the best true table fare. You know, they're a little fishy, a little on the oily side. Um, the jacket—it tasted exactly like you know a Spanish mackerel that you smoke. Um, yeah, well, I, I cooked it right next to it, uh, next to the King, King mackerel on the smoker. You know, the only way you could tell the difference is because they were smaller. Um, the flays were a different shape and everything, but, um, you know, I, I tried it side by side and it, to me, tasted exactly the same. I mixed it up into the, uh, the fish, uh, fish spread that I love to make. And, um, there's been no complaints. Um, people are raving about it. So, uh, you know, if I ever find a hot, uh, Hot jack bite. Maybe I'll, I'll keep half a dozen just to smoke them up and make a, a jack specific dip just to really give it a try. Well, all right, Tim. I think with that, we are running out of time and uh, we will call it a day. That sounds good to me. Thanks for listening, Tanner. Uh, good luck uh, with everything you got coming up and uh, be thinking about me on Saturday because it's supposed to be like four to sixes and a lot of wind and rain and I'm going out kingfishing. So um, <laughs> last thing guys, just please uh, leave us a review. You know, we love your feedback. We haven't had one in a while. We, we got a couple more five stars and then, you know, we, we haven't gotten any more recently. So, um, you know, those five star reviews on Spotify, Apple or whatever your other podcast Actually, those are the only two that I check. So if there are reviews of us on other podcasts, I would be interesting to to know. But at this point, um, that is all that I am tracking. Yeah, that, that's um, you know, a good remark, Tanner. I know a couple of people have reached out to me just with questions and stuff. And I, I really try to put in um, 
put in the time and I love the feedback. I know you get people asking you questions and giving you feedback too. So um, don't hesitate, reach out, find us on Instagram or whatever and, and shoot us a note. Um, we're not shy. All right, Tim. Well, uh, I will catch you on the flip side. All right. Thank you, Tanner.